Hello there. My name is Chris Pollard. I am known by the kids of Little Pieces Club Ministries as Mr. Chris. I'm a pediatrician who's been working at an academic institution for a little over 15 years. I'm a Bible nerd, a child of divorce, and soon to be an author. I created Little Pieces Club Ministries around the idea that when our hearts break, God can still make works of art from the broken pieces. I run small groups for children, teens, and I consult with uh, and support parents. I also give lectures and seminars on request. The content centers around the science of adversity, abuse, and neglect, or ACE science, and how biblical design patterns harmonize with it. Along the way, I discovered that Jesus' story, wrapped in the design patterns of the Good Shepherd and the Tree of Life, help us process, grieve, forgive, and reintegrate our souls after trauma. This helps us grow strong in solitude and community, leading us to love God, self, and others, which is what the greatest commandments or greatest blessings are telling us we should do. The podcast is geared to help parents understand their children's point of view and be a good shepherd through hard times. You can follow the ministry on social media in several different areas. Uh, on Instagram, we are at LPC Ministries. On Twitter, we are at Club Pieces. And on TikTok, we are at Little Pieces Club. In the YouTube video of this podcast, you will see QR codes for our Facebook group and our YouTube content. I love getting questions and comments, so now let's get into this week's episode. Our at-home format for small groups, for those of you um, trying to support small groups, um, starts with a fun and relaxing 15 to 20 minutes. Next time is followed by a snack or basically a meal time. Uh, where we go over prayers in a style that is very much like uh, examine of conscience. And then we go into the video lesson part of the application, uh, following, uh, followed by a prayer to close the video and a fun and relaxing activity again for 15 to 20 minutes. So right now we're just looking at a slide uh, as I'm going through the presentation, that reminds us to do something fun for 15 to 20 minutes. Hopefully it does not involve a screen, although if you are having um, good fun, good clean fun with someone else, uh, the screen time is okay. And then just remember to set a timer so you come back. A little bit of wisdom about why we set up small groups this way is we are actually trying to demonstrate the concept of Sabbath keeping. And we'll get more and more into that as we go, but it is a time um, to regularly set aside work, and that can mean a variety of different things, to simply rest and delight in the gifts that God has given us. So now we're welcoming people back from their fun time, and you will need journals, prayer template, um, and then um, uh, go ahead and continue with the next um, activity. So now we're going into snack and prayer time or journaling, depending upon uh, the age group. Uh, the older kids, I tend to encourage them to keep a journal uh, while we have activity sheets for the kids. So what you're looking at on the screen is our prayer template where we look over the, the week and we just ask kids to connect with the time that they have uh, felt uh, joyful and happy 
Um, they have had a good amount of fun uh, and then invited them to bring forward their um, negative emotions like disgust, anger, sadness, and fear. And when we go through those, we also want to ask, did God feel close or did he feel far at those particular times? And this is reflective of a very ancient process called examine of conscience. And what it does, is it just helps reintegrate our souls. When we get a little far from God, um, we can realize that that's okay. And we just simply invite him to come back. So if those of you are leading a small group session and you um, are doing this, that's the basic idea. And what we always want to do is present ourselves as very warm and welcoming, no matter what kids are feeling at a, a given time. And they may even try to provoke anger out of us. And so we just want to be aware and ready uh, to respond with patience and kindness. We are now moving on to Ask Me and Ask Each Other, which is uh, our time in small group where the kids uh, can ask any question of the small group leader about growing up in a divorced family. And this is the time uh, that's very valuable in your um, ability to write down things specifically to pray for for each kid and also send me questions that I can then put out in um, future content that uh, helps everyone know um, how to answer uh, questions like that. Today's episode is Trust and Integrity, and it is a supplemental episode to our private Christian journey, uh, specifically for the teens. Our next question for discussion is, who is the person in your life that you trust the most? And then what sets this person apart and why? So you can pause the video and uh, talk amongst yourselves if you're in a small group setting or journal the answer uh, to help um, refer back to it. The elephant assessment test for today is when it comes to me keeping my word, I make promises all the time that I do not keep on uh, one side of the spectrum. I'm pretty good at keeping promises in the center of the spectrum. And then I always keep my word and am careful to make promises wisely. And where this comes from is actually uh, the seven habits of highly effective people uh, by Stephen Covey. He talks about integrity. And integrity is um, the making and keeping of promises. So we think about other questions as we move forward uh, with our Bible verse for today. What role does God's promises play in the relationship he is forming with Israel? And what does God expect of Israel in return? And then when did Israel promise to follow God's instructions? And then what are or is the consequence of following or not following God's instructions? And so with this episode today, we're uh, again keying off the idea of integrity. So from Joshua chapter 22 verses 1 through 6, we see the following. The eastern tribes return home. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. 
He told them, You have done as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you have obeyed every order I have given you. During all this time you have not deserted the other tribes. You have been careful to obey the commands of the Lord your God right up to the present day. And now the Lord your God has given the other tribes rest, He as he promised them. So go back home to the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you as your possession on the east side of the Jordan River. But be very careful to obey all the commands and the instructions that Moses gave you. Love the Lord your God, walk in all of his ways, obey his commands, hold firmly to him, and serve him with all of your heart and all of your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went home. Next, we look at Joshua's final words to Israel. And again, try to pick out the theme of integrity, and that is the making of promises, the keeping of promises, and then how that influences um, how tribes are treated or how they are viewed. The years passed, and the Lord had given the people of Israel rest from all of their enemies. Joshua, who was now very old, called together all the elders, leaders, judges, and officers of Israel. He said to them, I am now a very old man. You have seen everything the Lord your God has done for you during my lifetime. The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. I have allotted you as your homeland all the land of the nations yet unconquered, as well as the land of those we have already conquered. From the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, this land will be yours, for the Lord your God will himself drive out all the people living there now. You will take possession of their land, just as the Lord your God promised you. So be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instruction. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with the other people still remaining in the land. Do not even mention the names of their gods, much less swear by them or serve them or worship them. Rather, cling tightly to the Lord your God, as you have done until now. And we have one more uh, very large section of scripture. For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has yet been able to defeat you. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy, for the Lord your God fights for you, just as he has promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away from him and cling to the customs of the survivors of these nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry with them, then know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive them out of your land. Instead, They will be a snare and a trap to you, a whip for your backs and thorny brambles in your eyes, and you will vanish from this good land the Lord God has given you. Soon I will die, going the way of everything on earth. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed, but as surely as the Lord your God has given you the good things he promised, He will also bring disaster on you if you disobey him. He will completely destroy you from this good land as he has given you. If you break the covenant of the Lord your God by worshiping and serving other gods, his anger will burn against you, and you will quickly vanish 
from the good land he has given you. So this, these very long passages show very clearly this idea of God's promises and what Israel has done up until this point, but also serve as a warning um, for the future. So questions to either journal if you're by yourself or to discuss if you're with a, a small group or leading a small group, what role does God's promises play in the relationship he is forming with Israel? And then what does God expect of Israel? And then when did Israel promise to follow God's instructions? And then what are or what is the consequence of following or not following God's instructions? So if we take the definition of the word integrity as suggested by Stephen Covey, that is the making and keeping of promises. So one thing to think about that we're going to talk about um, in small group is why is integrity important? And so we want to think about this in terms of our own solitude, but then also how we relate to other people. And another way to come after this question is, how does integrity relate to the greatest commandments? And remember, the greatest commandments or greatest blessings are to love God, to love others as yourself. And so you can see that integrity is a very big part of that. Being able to be reliable, to make um, good uh, uh promises, and then make sure that they come true. So now we can think about, or uh, we're going to turn our attention to someone that the participants know who has integrity and someone who does not. And then we want to explore our feelings about each person. So someone who always makes and keeps promises, how do you feel about that person versus someone who keeps saying, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that, but it never comes true. So as we look into the future, we turn our attention to people that we date or will marry. So which kind of person would make a better spouse? And that is to help you build a, um, a relationship where you're safe and um, even children would be protected and provided for. And then the next question, though, is do we expect perfection in this? Is it loving to expect people to be perfect on certain things, even like integrity? So some more journal prompts that we go over to think about this idea of integrity is how good are you at keeping your word? And then which of your friends has a lot of integrity? And which of your friends do not have a lot of integrity? And then how can you increase your integrity? And what can you do if you fail to keep a promise in order to keep your integrity? And so, of course, what we're looking for here is trying to choose people that you hang out with that have integrity. Um, and that means they can be honest with you they can, um, hopefully you guys make a promise to each other to be truthful and to um, not let the other go astray without a discussion. And that's 
the Ezra Konegdo, the challenging helper or challenging partner uh, concept. And then how do you increase your integrity? Um, where we're trying to lead the small group is in, um, you know, making and keeping promises. So uh, if you promise somebody something that you work really hard to make sure that that promise comes true. And then the flip side is don't make a promise that you know you can't f uh, follow through on. And a lot of this comes from this private Christian journey that we're talking about, that we slowly build a skill set where we are working toward this idea of integrity. Because we want other people to know that we are people of our word and that we can be relied upon um, no matter what the circumstance. And then, of course, the last question is that we're trying to um, uh, re help people realize that apologizing is very, very important. So for this week's Lectio verse, we're uh, going to stick with Joshua twenty three fourteen. So deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. So we're going to reflect on a word or phrase that sticks out to us. And for sake of discussion, I will say not a single one has failed. So that means that God has tremendous integrity. So this Bible passage is, um, is telling us to focus on God's integrity. So we'll read it the next time through. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. So next, we're going to decide how we're going to respond to this. And in this case, what I think um, we will just uh, ponder the fact that it is a gift that God has integrity, that we can rely on his promises. So we'll read it a third time through. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. And then finally, we can rest. And in this case, we will rest knowing that God is a God of integrity and that we can uh, read his word and know uh, that he is uh, filled with integrity and that we can relax and um and just enjoy that part of his character. So deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. And uh, before I start the prayer for this week's session, um, I just thank you again for joining us. Um, please feel free to share any of this material. Um, it's put out for free um, so that, uh, that uh, God's wisdom can be part of this good world. And um, I hope you stay with us uh, for more of the private Christian journey. So, dear Heavenly Father, you have kept every promise to us written in the Bible. We can rely on your integrity. This means we can feel safe knowing our lives are in your hands. Help us grow in our own integrity, in our ability to make and keep promises, so that we can make others around us feel as safe as possible. Be patient with us as we grow in integrity to you, but remind us to have forgiving hearts when we fall short and others fall short. Help us grow and transform in loving, in patient and kind fashion. 
We ask all of this so that we can help expand your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please have a blessed week or um, a blessed time until you come back for our next episode.